It's rare that a cover becomes a musician's signature song, but even people who don't know Kenny Rogers will recognize his 1978 version of a country song written by Don Schlitz in 1976. Schlitz spent two years in Nashville looking for an artist to bring his lyrics to life. Country musician Bobby Bear became the first to record and release the track in 1978 after being pestered by Shel Silverstein to do so. Bear's track didn't gain any traction and was never released as a single, which prompted Schlitz to record and release his own version, which would hit number 65 on the charts. That same year, two big names would release their own version of, Sch of Schlitz's single. I knew that was going to be a tongue twister, <laughs> and I still left that in there. <laughs> Johnny Cash and Kenny Rogers. Rogers was two years into his solo career after leaving his band, The First Edition. Rogers' version resonated with the mainstream, reaching the top of the country billboards, number three on the easy listening charts, and number 16 on the pop chart, a rare feat for country music at the time. His performance won him the Grammy for Best Male Vocal Performance in 1980, and the song was selected for preservation in the National Recording Registry by the Library of Congress in 2018, a privilege reserved for media that is culturally, historically, or artistically significant. The song's cultural relevance is undeniable. It spawned countless cover versions, five direct-to-TV films starring Rogers as the titular character of the song, a slot machine, and even a Geico commercial featuring Rogers in 2014. That's right. In honor of Kenny Rogers' recent passing, we're talking Don Schlitz's The Gambler on Cover Me. Now you gotta know when to hold, know when to fold, know when to walk away, know when to run, and you never count your money. No. That's right. It's Cover Me, the only podcast that talks about famous songs and their many cover versions and compares them against one another to find out which one knows when to hold, fold, walk away, and run. I'm your host as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my Card Shark co-host. Hey, Alex Mildenberger. Is that... Shark and Cards that's the noise. my Card Shark voice. <laughs> that's, that's that, I guess the fawns is what you did. Hey, yeah. He's hey. the cards guy. That's his uh, thing. Al Alex, how are you? Um... Uh, I'm managing, you know, we, we got You're this, we, we got this, uh, this isolation thing going on pretty yeah, day. What pretty day are you strong. guys on? I haven't really been counting, but I guess this is moving into week two, right? Moving yeah. I'm, and, and, just... and who's this I'm glancing towards <laughs> in the studio with me. Oh my God. In the studio as he often is, but officially on mic this time. Uh, long-time friend, big-time engineer. Uh, it's Will Gill, everyone. Hello. Long-time friend of the podcast. Sometimes voice in the background, probably. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have been the most guest on every podcast, just because I'm always in them. Yeah, you're the most present. You're like a, like a PA. You're around, we don't pay you, and nobody really <laughs> knows you're there, but like we know I'm, you're there. I'm that guy who makes the weird noises in the background. Yeah, when there's it's like mechanical keyboard, keyboards going. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, that mechanical keyboard has a name. Will Gill, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to have you on. I have there's so many angles I need to tackle here in the first first few minutes. Um, I'm gonna go. Let's talk about what you do for a living. Will, you're a, a an engineer. What kind of engineer are you? What's your title officially? Um, well, so I'm a mechanical engineer by degree, but uh, by profession, I'm a designer. Okay. Um, you design. Tell us what you design, please. Uh, so part time, I own a company. 
or co-own a company called Bowhead, and we make uh, adaptive mountain bikes. So for people who have spinal injuries or uh, not full body control, anyone who's like partially disabled can use our bikes. And then the other 50% of the time I work at the Tong Baker Cancer Center in the Medical Physics Design Lab, and I make physics apparatus for the medical physics department to help treat cancer or test the linear accelerators, stuff like that. Fuck yeah. So Will Gill is a better person than Alex or myself true. combined. <laughs> That's way more for the world. Um, Will, if people want to see your adaptive bikes, where can they where can they find that? Uh, the best place to see them is on our Instagram page. And you can find this at, at Bowhead Corp. Um, or you can get through to that via our website, which is www.bowheadcorp.com. Fuck yeah. I actually I follow you guys on Facebook. And it's worthwhile as you post those videos of dudes just like doing sick tricks. And like, the, I think the last time it was in Utah. It oh, was yeah. Just like in the woods or some shit. It was cool. Yeah, we just finished like a big Utah campaign and we posted a huge like edited video. And there's, I think there was four guys like just doing jumps and stuff in our bikes. It's, it's rad. Yeah, it's so like even if you don't need an adaptive bike yourself, just the just seeing what you guys do, I think, is cool enough and worth hitting a follow on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. Yeah, absolutely. I would say like I out of the two, I would suggest Insta just because we're way more active on there, and okay. I think most of our Facebook comes directly from Insta. Right, you just kind of post from Instagram to there. Yeah. Yeah. It's- Right on. Now, my question is, uh, for both your workplaces, what is, uh, what's the like music listening culture? Do you listen to a lot of music while you work? Oh, my God. At Bowhead? <laughs> um, we list, we, so, Christian, my, one of the co-owners of Bowhead, he has this old iPod. I think it's an original iPod. <laughs> and <laughs> it, has it have like, like Original, like, the spinny, yeah, like, button wheel. Like, yes. It's not even a touch. Yes. Amazing. Yeah, it's the spinny button wheel. Um, so (laughs) it, that iPod had been passed around through his friends and it has probably about 16,000 songs on it. (laughs) And so that is what we listen to. And it is a goldmine of good songs, (laughs) but it also has some, some really good, like really good weird songs. So it's like, huh, it sounds like we've been listening to the same song for like an hour. Oh, we're two hours in to this like techno mix (laughs) of this five hour long song. Oh my god! So it's like it's a pretty pretty broad selection of genres and things. Yeah, I imagine with sixteen thousand songs on there. Yeah, there there's everything. Uh, there's a lot of comedians that we end up skipping. We're like, oh my god, another stand up routine. Get this out of here. Oh my god, it's got to be so dated too. If that's an old iPod. Like yeah. Dane, Dane I mean, Cook on there. Yeah. Oh, there is Dane Cook. There's always <laughs> Dane Cook. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, perfect. I don't know, at the hospital, we we have to be really careful because it's like there's patients around and all that kind of stuff. So it's like we usually just listen to some pretty like soft rock is generally. Okay. Easy listening, you might say. Yeah, exactly. Now, a big reason we brought you on today is that you're a known country fan, Will. Yeah. Um, Among other things, but a country <laughs> fan for sure. Tell I, us I, how... How you got that disease? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> um, I I think it comes from my parents. Honestly, uh, I just mm. grew up listening to country. So, and I like older country, 
or like I like the country I grew up with more specifically. Right. So there's new country that sounds like the country I grew up with that I really like, but there's a lot of like country that I don't like now because okay. it's like trying. I feel like it's trying to be something else, or the genre is just changing, and I'm an old man and I hate change. Right. Like, so my question then is, uh, so you're talking modern country artists. Give us an example of a, a bad country artist, modern, by your standards, and a good one. Oh, man. I don't, geez, that's tough. Because it's like, a lot of, I don't even know who's popular nowadays in mm. like. Well, even just a good one. This is more for my sake, so I can like right. try and understand it. Yeah, exactly. um, How do you feel about Keith Urban? Keith, okay, Keith Urban does have some good songs. Um, I feel like there are some not good songs too, though. I'm okay, trying to, so... I'm trying to remember who I really like. This is, this is rough. Oh, yeah, so yeah we're putting you on the spot here. Yeah. Kind of Keith Urban as like a middle of the line. So yeah, he's, he's like, he's probably not the most recent guy, but he's no. a guy I know about. Um, shoot, I, there, I have, I have a favorite artist. I do, and I can't remember his name. Oh my god. <laughs> Do you know a song he does? Describe him to me. What color cowboy hat does he wear? Oof, that's tough. Um it's like <laughs> Do his spurs jingle jangle jingle? <laughs> you guys I, I feel like you guys have a very skewed view of country. <laughs> um I also I also personally know a country artist and his name is also freaking skipping my mind too. <laughs> You guys are complete blank. Yeah, you're you're really throwing me on the spot here. Okay, let's let's, been... uh, let's throw some name. We threw Keith Urban at you, so yeah. we're gonna go something old because we're gonna talk about him in a bit. But Johnny Cash, how do you feel about Johnny Cash? Yeah, I love Johnny Cash. He's okay. older country than what I'm used to, but like, okay, I did grow up around his songs, and I really like his songs. So he's like just on the outer edge of like what is in your acceptable country range on the older end. He's like the I... limit, maybe. Maybe. I feel like really old country just gets really twangy and really boring. Oh, yeah. We, we have some experience with that here. Check out our <laughs> the, the Unclouded Day episode. Yeah. Give that shit a listen. Um, Alex, what other country artists do you know? <laughs> Blake Shelton. Oh, Blake's good. Um, we went to... Nicole and I went to go see... His wife? His ex-wife? Uh, no. Oh. She... Nicole really His does. His name escapes me at the moment. Um... We'll remember later. Yeah. Jeez. You got you guys should have given me like a list. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should have prepped you for this, but I thought I thought you would just be able to be like, oh yeah, you know, I listen to fucking Bobby Cowboy or so, whatever. The well fuck. like today Miranda Lambert. Yeah, Miranda Lambert. Yeah, that's who it is. Today, like generally, I only listen to country like with my family. Okay. Like I it's very rare that I will listen to country on my own and I have like a couple songs in my playlist but mm -hmm. i know the songs but to tell you like oh this is so and so like i that's really tough for me okay well then let's speaking of songs i'm gonna ask you one last question then we're gonna move into to, to the proper format here um old town road what are your thoughts and opinions i god damn it no <laughs> like that <laughs> i understand like i like the fact that he was trying to make country popular and everything, but like I really don't, I can't listen to that. I, I'm not okay with it. All right, Will, a known racist and a country <laughs> fan, I'll check. Oh, out. oh okay. my god, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> fuck. See, uh, <laughs> who's the guy who sings? Who used to sing for the 
the blowfish. Uh, Hootie? Hootie? Yeah, Hootie. What's his name? <laughs> Not Hootie? <laughs> no, it is Hootie. Um, oh. He's a country artist now. He's really good. Yeah, I think we've had this conversation because I once asked you about black country artists. Is, it, is he Darius Rucker? Darius Rucker, that's who it is. Yeah, he's, he's great. Okay. He has some good songs. Um, he, uh, he redid, he actually covered a song called Wagon Wheel, which is mm. really good. Is that that one? Rock me, baby, like a wagon, wagon wheel. wheel. Yeah, you got it. I fucking hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. I was at a country festival in Manitoba. Listened to that for like a fucking hundred years. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Darius, I already forgot his last name, Rucker. Darius yeah. Rucker. Darius Rucker. I will accept that. Um, finally, to move things into the main topic, Kenny Rogers. Are you a Kenny Rogers fan? Beyond the Gambler? I can't say I am because I don't know a lot of Kenny Rogers. Um, Because I was like, oh, like Kenny Rogers passed. Like, let's do a playlist. Like, let's listen to him. And I was like, I don't know any of these songs. <laughs> yeah, I, the only other song I know of his is with the first edition. Just, just dropped in or just checked in to see what condition my condition's in. The name sounds kind of familiar. If you play it, you'll be like, "Oh yeah, like I've heard this on the radio before." It's a like classic rock. It's like 1967, I think. Right, because he wasn't like much country before that, right? Mm-hmm. Or not well, they were like rock country. You know, it's in the 60s, you kind of just pulled from everything. Right. Uh, yeah. When we were putting this together, we were like, "Oh, Kenny Rogers died. We should talk about him or his songs." Well, obviously, we have to do the Gambler. We decided, and then realized, "Oh, it's like his song, but he didn't write it." And mm-hmm. we had no idea that this—that's my entire experience with Kenny Rogers. Really. I know, and in some way, that's exactly like what this podcast is supposed to be about. Is like sometimes covers are just better than, than the original yeah. one, and like, yeah, like there is artistic integrity in that, and that's kind of why we're, we're talking about this because we're vultures, and we want you to come listen to this because you're sad about Kenny Rogers. Let's vulch, <laughs> let's vulch, baby. Um, I uh, I remembered the the artist I know. His, his name oh. is Gord Bamford. He's actually really good. Um, I could only remember his songs though. I was like. It's like he sings a song about a red dress and stuff like that. And, I was and Alex, like, I'm looking on Spotify, can confirm it's a black cowboy hat. Actually, oh, and the image gallery's got a white one, too. Oh, well, what the fuck? In, in country, that's what we call a switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he's Alberta raised. Is this the guy you know yeah. personally? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, okay, he, right like, my cabin's really close to his house. Nice. Well, shout out Gord Bamford. I hope you're doing all right in the uh, the old isolation here. I I actually don't know if he lives in Lacombe. I know his family was living in Lacombe. He moved down to Nashville, classic, for a sure. little bit. That's where you got to go. Totally sold out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get uh. fucked, Gord. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And wait, my final question for both of you. Did you know that there's five movies called The Gambler starring Kenny Rogers as The Gambler? Uh, No, but I did know there was a movie called The Gambler starring marky mark Wahlberg. there is that yeah and uh john goodman did you say five Five. (laughs) spanish so the first one is was in 1980 called the gambler the last one aired in 1994 called uh gambler five playing for keeps okay so they are like associated they didn't just do it five times independently no the the second one's called the gambler the adventure continues oh shit um fucking now i gotta look up what the other ones are called it sounds like a like a children's saga it's so intense though (laughs) 
Oh yeah, I like the I just watched some clips continues. of the second one. Like yeah. Kenny Roger gets the shit kicked out of him. Uh, part three, <laughs> the legend continues. Is there then, gambling that goes on? It's I don't be. know. <laughs> <laughs> and then number four, which doesn't have the number four, and it's just called the Gambler Returns: The Luck of the Draw. Oh. That sounds pretty badass, not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I think we should. I know at least the second one is on YouTube, just free. We should probably marathon these at some point. Oh, my. We probably should, shouldn't we? And just drink for every time he knows when to hold them, fold them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he follows his own advice in the song, you drink. Yeah. <laughs> With that, let's get into the lyrics of this. Let's get to the meat of this fucking song. So he, uh, it's uh, like this is really just a narrative where he talks to a. Uh, a gambler on a train, the gambler passes on his last words of wisdom and then fucking dies. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I took me a while, that, I right? That. I was like, did he just fucking die? <laughs> I, I did not get that at first, and then I was reading something. I don't know, and it was like, and then, oh, right, it was a, it was a synopsis of the Muppets version. The Muppet Show? Yeah. And it was like, and then when the gambler dies, like, the gambler dies? What? I only, I only caught that in my, like, my most listened re- listen through, and I was just like, did did he what what does that mean i I need to like look this up and then i was like oh that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah fucking wild so it's <laughs> apparently not actually qualified to give life advice yeah he's clearly not a very good gambler if we look at his situation here so first one on a warm summer's evening on a train bound for nowhere i met up with a gambler we were both too tired to sleep so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness till boredom overtook us and he began to speak. I do like the idea of taking turns looking out the window. Like, like it's, uh, it's, uh, man, it's time for your shift. You got to look out the window again. In, in my headcanon of this, they're sitting across from each other and they're just like, they don't want to make eye contact. So like one looks to the right out the window and the other one's like, oh shit, and looks the other way. I mean, sure, that makes sense. <laughs> If you want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, I see it 100% the same way, Will. Um, I like the line, we're both too tired to sleep. Because usually when I'm tired, I just sleep because I'm a regular human being. But this seems to suggest instead of being too tired in like a, a sleep sense, it's like tired of life. <laughs> like they yeah. both seem pretty down on their luck in this song. Maybe they're both gamblers. Hmm. Well, no, yeah, they can't be. But can they be? They can, Alex. That's oh, true. man. So just listen to what he says in verse two here. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what their cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of aces for a taste of your whiskey. I'll give you some advice. He's just trying to get whiskey out of him. <laughs> He's just a drunk. <laughs> yeah, he's just a fucking <laughs> drunk. He's like, listen, I was a pretty good gambler back in the day. Definitely not just a drunk guy on a train. But yeah, he's definitely masquerading. I don't know. But uh, also, I'm pretty sure it's impossible to read people's faces to know what their cards are. That, so he's lying. That I don't think that's true at all. I think if you know... Well, so first of all, the type of poker he's talking about is not Texas Hold'em. Okay. It's, okay. Uh, it's the like five-card draw. when you So you draw five cards and then you like put down as many as you want and then you pick up the amount of the amount you put down and i'm not sure exactly what that's called but so uh, yeah so generally like you hold on to aces which is what he's referencing 
and he's like so you can he can tell you like he's like saying i can tell you've been dealt a bad hand so like yeah i can tell life's not going great yeah that's exactly it see the cards are a metaphor for life wait a minute this whole thing is a metaphor for life <laughs> no guys i think they're just talking cards poker he said and cards. alex to, to address your face reading comment, if you would look at the genius annotation, you would know that face reading is part art and part science, and it's as ancient as humanity itself. So Pretty maybe sure check it's yourself all next art, time. no science, but whatever. <laughs> Alex just doesn't like it when we play games, and I can tell that he's going to do something, and he's just like, it's just luck, Will. It's all <laughs> luck, man. We were playing a sushi game. I knew exactly his next move. I won. He he did not. I won. Got God, Alex. <laughs> We yeah, played yeah. twice. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I also know exactly when he's a robot. Yeah, but I was playing <laughs> terribly, so. Alex is always a robot is the secret. <laughs> As are most engineers. What? What? So, what? yeah, he's like, he's, uh, yeah, it, so in a sense, in verse two, he's a, like a con man. He's like, listen, brother, you give me your one thing of value and I'll give you some keen advice. I'm a super good gambler, by the way. And so then verse three, he's like, okay, so I handed him my bottle and he drank down my last swallow. Then he bummed a cigarette and asked me for a light. And the night got deathly quiet and his face lost all expression. Said, if you're going to play the game, boy, you got to learn to play it right. And then proceeds to give no actual advice. Which, okay, that, you got to learn to play it right. That's, that is the worst advice. That's like, thanks for telling me what I need to know. You know, you got to do the right thing. Listen, buddy, if Thanks, you want to win, you need to win. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the cigarette. <laughs> Listen, if you only play by the rules, things aren't going to go your way. I think exactly. that's what he's trying to get. The at. only piece of advice he actually gives in the chorus is never count your money while you're sitting at the table. Yeah, that's the, only, the rest like, of it's like, piece. know how to do this thing. Wink. Like, here, let me teach you in the back room. So, yeah, but yeah, key point in verse three. He doesn't have oh, his own whiskey. He doesn't have his own cigarette. He doesn't, doesn't have, have a fucking lighter. <laughs> this dude clearly just lost a game of poker. He's got, he's got nothing. <laughs> yeah, this, this dude is coming out dry. <laughs> he's just like, oh, fuck. Give me a cigarette and some whiskey. I'll tell you how to play cards. Which I guess it's fitting then that the only thing he knows how to do is like, it doesn't actually know how to play cards. It's like, you got to know how to, when to hold them, when to fold them. Great. When yeah, is that? so the chorus is you gotta know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done. And yeah, uh, like Willie, I said. You, you play poker, is this good advice? Um I mean, it's like very general. And like Like play the game properly to win. Yeah. Mm. But it's about life. True. So as as like a metaphor, it's great, but mm -hmm. as actual card goes, like it it does not help you at all. So here's my question, Will: When is it appropriate to run in poker? <laughs> like <laughs> when uh the the times I think of are like in like weird sitcoms when they get into some weird underground like poker tournament. <laughs> and like they're winning against like Russian mafia people. That's when you run. <laughs> yeah. 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 When you owe the mob money, is when you run. 
Or when you're stealing the mob's money via exactly. poker. Essentially, if you're playing the poker with somebody from the mob or an entire mob, it's time to probably get out of there. Call your and Uber, meet him outside, run. And maybe that implies this gambler's like, yeah, I lost a lot because I didn't run when I should have. Maybe. Yeah, it's hard to say what he didn't do right. Did he not know when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, or when to run? Sounds like he doesn't know how to do any of those things. But what he does know is that no matter how much you're up, it doesn't count for anything if you're still at the table. That's right. Because you can bet it all. Just like that Mark Wahlberg movie, The Gambler. <laughs> Did you watch it? <laughs> no, I watched the ad. <laughs> yeah, it's... The so trailer. Like to, to break down these card terms into life terms, knowing when to hold them is like knowing when to stick to your guns, you know, stick to what you're doing. Knowing when to fold them is knowing when to back down. Knowing when to walk away is knowing, you know, when to quit something before you lose too much. And knowing when to run is, yeah, when you are in a dangerous situation where either you have bet more than you can afford or you are betting with the wrong crowd. You know, know to get the fuck out of there. That's the gambler, baby. That's the gambler. <laughs> that's, that's the gambler. That's, that's how to gamble. Is um, learn how to gamble. Four, he says, every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and knowing what to keep. Because every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. The best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. Which he then does. Which he then does. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's so fucking great. It's just, can you imagine? This is like some old man. It's been like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're doing. Let me tell you what you do here. You got to do things right. Don't fucking do them wrong. You die in your sleep. All right. And then he Good dies. Shit. And then just <laughs> kicks the bucket. Kicks the bucket. Alex just died in the studio. Oh my god. Alex! I'm back. Oh, I'm better now. I'm good. I'm glad, Alex, that you're back. Because, uh, yeah, that's... So first four is just, like, you know... It's essentially repeating what he says in the chorus. He's like, do this thing when you're supposed to. Do the other thing yeah. when you're supposed to do that. Yeah, it's like no... Like you said, know when to get rid of something that's not not helping you out, and... When to hold on to something that is is helping you and the the line I do really relationship like specific. is uh saying that every hand's a winner and every hand's a loser. Mm -hmm. Um because in terms of poker, not life, um in terms of poker, if everyone folds, it doesn't matter how good your hand is, like you win. Right? Mm hmm So it's all about playing everyone else's hands as well. And right. it, it kind that kind of crosses over to life. Like you you can have like a, be in a really situa shitty situation, but like you can get through it because the people around you are helping you or whatever. Like just because you're dealt a losing hand doesn't mean it can't be a winning hand. That's right. It's how you play it. That's what the gambler is telling you. Yeah, I think that is a good like as far as like metaphor between poker and real life. I think that's probably the strongest point in this song is that line. Not even the and, chorus, right there in verse four. Uh, right there in verse four, just tucked away. And of course, the best thing that anyone can hope for is to die in your sleep. And then they finish the story. He's done giving advice. Yeah. He finishes speaking, turns towards the window, crushes out his cigarette, goes to sleep, and fucking dies. Yeah, so and when he finished speaking, he turned back towards the window, crushed out his cigarette, faded off to sleep, and somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even. Broke even is uh, a euphemism for fucking dying. <laughs> but in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. 
And so, that ace is the chorus, which uh, apparently chorus, Kenny Rogers, or I guess Don Schlitz in this case, thought was, uh, you know, some real wisdom here. Do one thing when you should do it. Do the other thing when you shouldn't do the other thing. It's, it's poker, baby. Third thing, maybe? Mm -hmm. Third thing? Fourth thing. Fourth thing? Die in your sleep. And then money counting, which is basically just... Don't count your chickens before they hatch, kind of deal. Yeah, literally the only piece of good advice. Yeah. <laughs> That's the song. It's it's catchy. It's like everybody knows you got everybody knows that fucking thing. There was a, a quote somewhere where it was like, "This line, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them," is a line that feels like it's always existed in culture. But Don Schlitz is like, "No, I wrote that. Was it wasn't around before me." But still, it feels older than him. It feels older than time itself. I like, mean, I've it, certainly heard it's it. been a, it's been part of my life for my life. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I guess we, as far we're, as we're concerned, it has been around for all of time. Yeah. So, but yeah, those are the lyrics. So we're gonna start talking about the first 1978 version, the the first recorded version, um, Bobby Bears. Bobby Bear. Bobby Bear. Um, Bobby Bear Sr., not Bobby Bear Jr., his son. Obviously. One of his sons. He has multiple sons, and he only named one of them after him. At least George Foreman had the decency to name everyone George Foreman. Seriously? Did he actually? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many? There are like seven, I'm pretty what? sure. What? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, George, do the dishes. What? What? No, yeah, not you, George. <laughs> George. You got a whole sports team at the sink being like, you told me to do the dishes. <laughs> okay. So, Bobby Bear version. It's a little bare bones. Not actually. Um, yeah. That'd have been a good, if you were a music critic in the 70s, it'd have been a good like one-liner. I would have been, eh? But I, you're a music critic in this, the year 2020. Bones, so, it doesn't, so it doesn't, doesn't pass. measure up. Fine. No puns in 19... Wait, no puns now. Only puns in 1978? Hang on. First, before we, we go in depth on this music, Will, did you like this version? I just want to use this as a litmus test on every version. Did you like oh. this? Like, generally? <laughs> yeah, just generally. We like that. Yeah, yeah, I could, I, yeah I'd okay, listen yep. to it. So not too old for you? No. No, it wasn't okay. that bad. All right. Okay. And, well, it might be like like partial attachment to the song. but Fair enough. Yeah, so this one, uh, it starts, all of them seem to start with just, like, like individual guitar doing, like, a little, a little intro. It's not, like, the main rhythm riff. It's not anything else. It's just at that point. Yeah, and it kind of, like, brings us in. This one's more, like, strumming, kind of, this is the part that you put your own spin on just for a little bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> afterwards, they're going to be different, but the same idea. So it just does a little bit of strumming into the, into the song. Mm-hmm. We get very simple drums. It's just the just the kick drum, and then That's, some hi hat. I think. Yeah, just a little bit of that. And the fucking stupid, boring, awful, goddamn country bass line. Wait, you don't like fifths? I fucking hate boom, 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 <laughs> boom, boom, boom. It makes me want to fucking kill myself. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure there's a little bit of violin in this too, like in the back. Is there a little bit? Is that I'm pretty sure it's like a pretty classic country thing to do. There's definitely violin across these versions. Yeah, there is. Uh, I noticed piano in this one. I'm not sure if I noticed violin. There's definitely a little when it opens up when it starts. There's like a little, okay. very little bit. Um, 
but then I, I couldn't really make it out um, throughout it. I'm hearing like country guitars at the start. Okay, maybe I'm wrong. Is it because maybe like that, kind of that, a slide type guitar? Uh, yeah, maybe, I always yeah. mistake slide type and violin. Can be a, can be pretty violin esque. Fair. Yeah, it's hard to tell in country too because it's like, oh yeah, they're just playing a violin. It's no big deal. Well, yeah, and yeah. they're both so prominent that yeah, it's like yeah. well, you got to make a twang. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So uh, yeah, we take it takes us about a minute and twenty seconds to get into the chorus, and I think that's where we get a harmonica that starts to kind of like chirp. Yeah, it's doing its little like kind of like light chugs. Light chugs. Light chugs. I was watching some harmonica videos recently, and there was there was a whole like series of them on on chugging, like like sounding like a train. And they would just like show a video of a train, and be like, "All right, let's try to make this train sound," because all trains sound different. It turns out. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's like, "Look I'm at this one. Like it rides on a track that's like where they like pin it together instead of welding it together, so you can hear the tracks be like." Like when it rides over between tracks. Okay. So it changes the sound. Anyway, obviously this kind of harmonica so play. Did you just learn that this week, or have you? I learned that, that like Alex? in the last five days. Yeah. Uh, that, that was a veiled autism joke. Uh, <laughs> autistic people apparently really like trains. Usually. Oh yeah, I don't know shit about trains. Okay. Trains are trains are kind of cool, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't deny that. <laughs> um yeah so you get the the chugging harmonica um it's very vocal focused like in terms of mix it's like there seems to be like a guitar at either side like your left and right and then it's bass at the bottom and then vocals right in the middle yeah it definitely like starts in one ear and then kind of spreads out mm-hmm. um and it also i mean the other thing uh between the verses really like run into each other and that's pretty common throughout all the versions but like it's their verses because they kind of follow the same structure, but also that it's like there's not really a pause in between. It just goes just telling the story, and it does I think three verses before it does any chorus. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. And it's uh, I don't know if like country is the the premier like storyteller genre, but it it seems like a pretty natural fit for this style of song where it is like three verses before you hit a chorus because he's like this thing happened to me and then some more stuff happened let me tell you about some more stuff hey here's another thing we'll reach the chorus in a couple verses first let me tell you about this drunk guy that i met on a train like <laughs> you don't get There's that no banjo like, though yeah like in pop music it's much more like verse chorus verse chorus verse chorus like you need that constant pattern to keep people hooked whereas mm-hmm. this i think like country allows you to ramble a little more because it's from a time where people don't have tvs or entertainment so like well, here's this guy with a banjo i'll, I'll listen to him for a bit because <laughs> yeah all they had was banjos man <laughs> that was it i don't know why i don't know why banjos were so widespread probably because they were cheap to make yeah i imagine they look cheap to make strings <laughs> Once you were done fishing and you couldn't use the fishing line anymore, you repurposed it to strings on your banjo. <laughs> you just string up your banjo and have a hoot nanny. <laughs> exactly. Just hoot that nanny. Um, okay. So then very, they do. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. You know, please. No, you go ahead. Here, oh. let me cut in. <laughs> yes. Um, after the chorus, <laughs> they like transition back into the into the verse. It's very like, it's so it's just like slide 
twangy guitar. It's so country. Sounds mm-hmm. so country, man. Yeah, it's a very country transition. Um, this one is very sort of even in tone throughout. Like the chorus gets a little bigger than the verses, but it's overall there's not like huge dynamics. It never gets huge. On. It adds a few things, like the drums add a snare at one point, and like the piano comes in in the third verse. And mm-hmm. there's another guitar part too, but it's like very quiet. Um, it sounds like it's being recorded from like across the room. Uh, yeah. And so, like, there's some things, but it it's not really overbearing. I didn't think like it doesn't make it massive or anything. Yeah, it's uh yeah, it's very like it's just a very like you could hear this on some dude playing on his porch with like one of his friends on fucking the piano on the harm until you get to about whatever. like the last thirty seconds where the, the yeah the last thirty seconds you get this female backup singer going open the hold yeah, holy cow. She, <laughs> she was really going in at it, hey? Yeah, I wasn't she really like, it when changes I first it up. <laughs> yeah, and it adds other backup singers too that double the uh double the just the lyrics. Yeah. She does the the lady singer does have like a really classic country voice. I yeah. feel. Got that yeah. warble, I, I would say. That. Yeah. Warble? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she hits that high note too around the like three seventeen. When the day's <laughs> I like your recreations. That's <laughs> what this podcast is all about. Um, yeah. So, and that's another sort of factor we're gonna see in a lot of these songs is the, the, like a, the breakdown. Not a lot of these songs do solos, but they'll generally like cut out the guitars and just do some kind of percussion. Yeah, it's they, like clapping chorus. Yeah, and. They have like a choir singing the chorus along with Bobby. Yeah, all, all in all, this is a pretty uh, like it's solid. It's a solidly built country version. I'm a little shocked it didn't take off because it seems passable to me. But... I mean, it's not that different from the other versions that did take off. Mm-hmm. Um, I Part think of maybe it was, is it wasn't marketed as a single. Is I think maybe why? Oh, it was just like on the album and just on the album. Yeah, I guess that kind of weird stuff happens. There's also a version, and we're not going to talk about it, but Don Schlitz actually recorded a version as well. Uh, yeah, I did mention which, that in uh, the intro. Did you? Oh, well, anyway, so, so we, we're we not going to talk about it today. It's like <laughs> yeah. a little more folk, I would say, than some of these more country ones. Right. But And like the harmonica is, is a little more, there's more focus on that. But like, it's not that much different. Yeah, and I like legit. That's why I, because I didn't do the research before I made the playlist. I just put it together. Saw the the first version was Bobby Bear threw it in. I looked at the Don Schlitz one. And I was like, eh, it's not that different. Probably not worth looking at. And then just took it off. But yeah, it was probably worth looking at because it's by the guy who wrote it. But yeah, whatever. Um, anything else to say about the original, or should we move on into Kenny Rogers? Let's talk yeah. about him. Yeah, let's talk about Kenny. It's Kenny Rogers, 1978. The gambler himself. Um, Indeed. Yeah. This one starts with like finger picking instead. The other one was more like strumming, but he does his like. Mm-hmm. I agree, Alex. You feel me? You feel uh, it's, me? Yeah, it's a, it's light, sort of like finger picking. Yeah. And then you got Kenny Rogers coming on with his this Kenny Rogers ass voice. 
He sounds kind of like Kenny Rogers. You ever notice that? Yeah, it's it's like dead on Kenny Rogers impersonation. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, his version, he's got like a sort of like croakiness, at least at the start. He sounds like an old drunk. He sounds tired. I also, I don't know if this is me, I thought they put like an echo on his voice, like a very minor echo. Probably. And uh, I kind of like that more than the original. Yeah, it gives you a bit of like a a hollowness, a sense of space. Yeah. But he definitely like, when he gets down, like into that low uh, you know what I'm talking about sound like he gets that out in, in the in the words yeah right sort of like a lower vocal fry kind of thing exactly yeah um, and that kind of that definitely adds character yeah that kind of implies the scenario you know this sort of empty train they're both tired yeah so with the sort of echoes and the, the lower vocal fry we already get more of like a, a texture in this piece like there's more that's already more interesting, I think, than where Bobby Bears is just kind of like a classic country song. A little more straightforward, yeah. Or I would think. Yeah. And then we get this uh, very interesting percussion that starts coming in. That wasn't a good um, approximation of it. But it's like a drop. It sounds like a drop. Like someone straightening out a bottle and it's going like, bloop. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, well, there's that and there's a sort of like tick, 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 tick. Oh, sorry. Tick. So that's not what you're talking about. Well, it's part of that. It's part of the percussion, I would say. It's right. It's these sort of, it's like, it's not a drum, right? It's these sort of like natural sounding things. Right. It's like sound effects, but mm-hmm. like it's pretty subtle. And it, it does kind of sound like, it doesn't really sound, yeah, it, it sounds like bottle dropping and like liquid moving around to me anyway. Yeah. So Granny brought out the washboard and the old spittoon and she was playing them. <laughs> exactly. It's, you know, still still playing at the roots here. Yeah. With some dude on a ba- with a banjo on the porch. <laughs> um, there is uh, the slide guitar that comes in slowly on this one. Um, there's that old janky-ass bass line. Yep. <laughs> same. <laughs> as far as I could tell. Um, also... Like a piano, but it plays like one big chord at the start of the verse, and then just like it rings out mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but I really think like overall in this one, it's kind of that that the personality that he brings to it that probably yeah. is the reason that this is his song, pretty much going forward. And I think what he uh, and uh, on that like personality, yeah. I think he really uh, takes the chorus and punches it up. Like he really makes that a fucking like group sing along that. And like, that's why everybody knows that even if you don't know the fucking verses, you know, when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, when to run. Yeah. It definitely like implies, Hey, everybody join in. And like, he doesn't have to say that. Yeah. Like people just do like I was, I was just listening to recording. Mm hmm. Like, he's got like a, no, go ahead. The in the other versions, like they have those those background singers and whatnot, and mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of overpower like Bobby in the original one. But like right. in this one, like Kenny Rogers still like holds the like he still like holds the main vocals. I felt, mm-hmm. and so that I felt that made it like feel like way more powerful. Yeah, they're very complimentary. It's similar to when you go to a concert. And they have the you know the band has you sing along with them, 
Mm-hmm. Like you're all still listening to the lead singer, but you can feel that kind of group energy of everybody else joining in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he knocks out making the chorus this sort of group experience. I think that's like the technical smartness, but the, yeah, the other part is that his vocal choices and just little simple tricks he does. Like when we come into the when we come back from the first chorus, he I think he like goes up like he does yeah he, they do uh they slide everything up a half step and so it gives you this this sense of progression or like a like an increase in intensity it's, it's just like a change right so yeah like when you're telling a story of like well i met this old guy i was on the fucking train he was like yeah let me have some whiskey so i gave him this whiskey so like using your voice you kind of punch up the intensity of the next event happening he does that just by moving the the music up just a little bit. Just a little bit. Although it's very... Anyway, I was, try- I was looking at like music theory and like, what does it mean when they do... when Or what might it mean when you shift everything up a half step? And I couldn't figure it out. They couldn't just, figure they just it out. Couldn't figure it out in, be in terms of... In terms, yeah, I was trying to go too far into it. And it's, it's just simple. It's like everything goes up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's just like yeah. it's just movement in this sense. It's just like it's oh, it's different now. Like it's the same but different. Um, like Tar's pretty steady throughout this. Uh, it's, I mean, I can understand why it's called why it was classified as easy listening. Like why it was allowed to chart there. Like it does have that kind of like mellow vibe to it. I've written here. It's like a country Hakuna Matata with the chorus. Yeah, actually, I would agree with that. Country yeah. Hakuna Matata. Because it's like a way of life, right? Yeah. It Yeah, it definitely has that, like, that vibe to it of, like, hey, like... For the rest of your day. <laughs> yeah, I just got it. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear it. Did you hear it there? That was it. That was oh, the yeah. gambler. And this um, is, um, all of these songs we talk about, or at least generally have a good, just finished, similar to... Alex and I talked about Smells Like Teen Spirit last week, which has this sort of like echoing out ending. It's not a fade out, but it's just like one final note and they just let it ring. And there's yeah. a lot of that in these versions as well. So with yeah. Kenny Rogers, he does like a cymbal crash and then it just kind of rings out. And yeah, I'm um, uh, sorry. I didn't have anything to say about that. I thought I did. You didn't. But no. Alex, do you have something to say about the Muppet Show music video? Not really. Other than that, it's kind of boring. Like, <laughs> It is kind of boring. But what's crazy is, one, how tall that fucking Muppet is once it dies. <laughs> <laughs> After he dies? Well, yeah, he dies, and then his spirit comes out, and it's like eight oh. feet tall. <laughs> and apparently I can't watch it. Um, There it is. Yeah, and like they have real hands, so... Yeah, and also so that this, weird. Mupp- <laughs> this Muppet's just, you know, fucking hitting whiskey and smoking a cigarette. It was a different time. And dying. On the Muppets, and... Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, his legs are way too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Like, it's gotta be a man in there. It's kinda like when you do two kids in a trench coat, but it's a man in a Muppet. Yeah, well, cause he, he has the real hands person the legs? hands. That, yeah, that, those are real hands. Those are real hands. <laughs> those hands and are I, way too I real. I think 
I think that that is the most upsetting part of the video, but it's also, I feel weird to have those other two guys in the train with them. <laughs> Who are Kenny just Rogers and there? three Muppets. Yeah, they're just there. And just like watching, like literally just watching. Like there's a yeah, man so standing beside him looking they get across the advice at the other for dude. free. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to give whiskey or a light. <laughs> or a light or a cigarette. Just trying Kate to Rogers him. pats down the Muppet and sees what he has after he dies. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the Kenny Rogers version. It's weird because I feel like, in a sense, we were talking about that the whole time. Then we talked about Bobby Bear, and then we talked about it again, even though really that's not how this worked. But that's how my mind worked through it. <laughs> um, I would ask you if you like this version, but the will, but the answer I think is obviously yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I like this version. This is a good um, yeah, this is a good version. Um, my last question before we go on is: Does anybody else have anything to say about this? Not a whole lot. I no? like how. Okay, here I like how right at the end when they're at the part where in the original, um, like that woman was singing, they have a bunch of backup singers, and there's a woman, but she doesn't do that same part. Instead, Kenny Rogers takes it, or at least right. part of it. We got no went or whatever, you know. When to hold him? That one. When to hold yeah. him? So yeah, she's, you can hear she's definitely shit. there, but she doesn't really get to do anything. Yeah, all around it's just a. I mean, it's pretty clear why this is the version that survived over other versions made oh, in the absolutely. same year. Yeah. With that, we're gonna talk about Johnny Cash in 1978 as well. Um, right off the bat, he's got that fucking root fifth bass guitar coming in strong, baby. Oh, yeah. And, like, he does some picking, too. Like, it's not the same, but it's the mm -hmm. same idea. I feel like with Johnny Cash, at least with covers we've talked about of his, he can really just kind of phone it in because people love Johnny Cash voice. I mean, he just yeah. needs to sound like Johnny Cash, yeah, which is... He, it's easy for him he's johnny cash that's what i got from this was just like johnny's like yeah i'm gonna sing this song okay let's go i mean he's practically talking like he's barely yeah. singing yeah but this was all I, I don't think this song was successful when he recorded it like this was after the bobby bear version but yeah. not but it was kind of at the same time as kenny rogers I, that was the impression yeah. i got that's it so was it's not like he was time. chasing like the success. I don't think. No, I think he had picked it up from Bobby Bear, same as Kenny Rogers. And I mean, it was endorsed by Shel Silverstein. So, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. There was no like the Wikipedia's just like yeah, Shel Silverstein wanted Bobby Bear to do this song. I'm like, okay. And then he never comes up so? again. Weirdest thing in this version is that. Uh, he doesn't say on a warm summer evening, or yeah, I think that's the the original line. He says about twenty years ago. Yeah, I, it's okay. I I thought the weirdest thing was that he says he bums a cigarette and then he bums a light. Like it makes it sound like he just steals Johnny's lighter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like because like because he in the other versions he says and then he asks for a light. But yeah, I think that is like, better. He bums a light and it's like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then he bums the clothes off my back. <laughs> He's Get stealing all my shit now. He's starting to think this guy is not a successful gambler. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is weird because bumming is generally like you take it, like you, it's, it's, it's like, begging, it's like right? borrowing without returning. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just it's not. It's usually like a. It's usually like. It's not stealing because like you, you ask, ask for but it. Like, yeah, it's, it's done. Like yeah, you're you not getting it, it back. Yeah, there's a. You, there but can no you give returns. fire back? <laughs> you can definitely give a lighter back. The, the gambler's the type back. of guy who goes to a party and someone's like, "Hey, does anyone have a light?" And he's like, "I got 12. <laughs> <laughs> I got one from a guy on a train. Fucking piece of shit gambler. <laughs> Yeah, so the gambler in this version is more of a piece of shit than usual. Yeah, yeah like, Johnny Cash does a lot of his toxic stuff, because every gambler knows. Yes, and, like, starts verses by just talking, and then goes into singing. And, yeah, he sounds he sounds a lot like Johnny Cash. Have you noticed this guy sounds a lot like Johnny Cash? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, a perfect it's, it's, Johnny Cash. Weird. Amazing. This, this is Jonathan Cash character. <laughs> J- Apparently, J.R. Cash. He was born J.R. Cash, and then he like changed to Johnny R. Cash. Like, mm-hmm. what? Did J not stand for anything? Did, was I'm... his first name J and his middle name R? I don't know. <laughs> J.R. Cash, Junior Cash. It, it's just J.R. Cash was his birth name according to Wikipedia. Huh. Anyway. I'm getting off topic. Uh, what I what I do like about this song is um, the piano part, the way that it's just like this really plinky piano, and it kind of like does these rolled chords sometimes. Um, I like the sound of that. Yeah, you think that's his mom playing? Probably. I have no idea. I doubt it. Way to go, Johnny Cash, playing music with your mom, you fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Throw back to the Unclouded Day episode again. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Um, yeah, you're right. It does do like plinky stuff. Um, I think in the chorus the piano gets a little bassier though, doesn't it? You're telling me. I'm telling you, Alex. There's definitely more piano in the chorus. <laughs> As Alex highlights his <laughs> note that says more piano. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like this one kind of does all the shit the past two versions have done. Like there's backup vocals on the chorus. It it's fucking Johnny. It's like a I don't know. I don't even know if he puts in as much effort as Bobby Bear does. No. So and going to the backup singers, like the one thing I noticed is the chorus and every time the backup singers are there, they're again like overpowering the main vocals. Oh yeah. And so that's why the Kenny Rogers version really stood out was because like these two versions, like the Bobby Bear and Johnny Cash version, the background singers seemed way more prominent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. That's uh yeah, that's maybe that could be the only reason Kenny Rogers version came out on top. Just a strong <laughs> chorus. Yeah. Everyone believed it. Also, in the Johnny Cash version, you have to wait a little longer before the chorus. Because he slides the fourth verse before the first chorus. I mean, I feel like you gotta wait longer for everything with Johnny Cash. He was probably talking like an old man when he was fresh out the womb. Yeah, he has that air about him, doesn't he? Came out crying like, oh, where, where? (laughs) (laughs) Please, mama, feed me that breast milk. Oh, my God. (laughs) Mama. Hey, mama. That's Johnny (laughs) Bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) Whoa, mama. Yeah, so overall, I was kind of unimpressed with this one, but it's also because I know Johnny Cash can do better. Right. How long was he was he's been around for he was like around in the fifties, right? So yeah. like this is I do like the be like you said, the beginning is twenty years ago, so that's like, oh, I'm this old country guy. But he like lasted a while after this, so Mm-mm. He died like what, early two thousands? I think it was like two thousand four, two thousand six. Yeah. Like his last song was like fucking hurt by nine inch nails. Then he's like, Well, oh, I gotta go now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because he hurt himself today. And, and he sounds the same then as he does on this. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely does. I feel like sometimes it's like, did does he just have a really good filter? Like, he doesn't actually sing like that. He just, someone made him a really oh, good filter. Oh, yeah, like filter. somebody in the production room is like, listen, here's how we make Johnny Cash a hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That could be it. Um, anything else to to say on this one? That's it for me. I met with met with dead silence. Yeah, that's a yeah. no. Sorry, that's a no. no, no, no. All good. I imagine you guys are exchanging knowing glances and just kind of waggling eyebrows at each other. Actually, straight up, we weren't even looking at each other. There. Not in that time, but we were occasionally oh. glancing and waggling. Yeah. Oh, were you, were you guys taking turns looking out the window? <laughs> no, it's kind of awkward. <laughs> the window's kind of behind us both. Yeah. Next version, Happy Campers right. in 2000, the year 2000, jumping from 1978 to the year 2000. I do, I know it all up. Nowhere to fall up. Nowhere to walk away. Nowhere to ride. You never tell to our money. What's in that the table? Well, he's on us for dead. One deal is on. Happy Campers is a punk rock band from Las Vegas. And supposedly... Hang on, Alex. According to their own description, they're a Vegas-based emo slash punk pop slash oh, alt pop slash rock I'm trio. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm similar still to sorry. Green Day. <laughs> oh, yes. Similar to Green Day. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> and I'll have you know, according to their Wikipedia page, that the music is heavily featured in several soundtracks, including, including the Bum Fight bum series, fights. Insane Videos, Bam Margera, and Tony Hawk's Cribs episodes. Um, well, my first note on this song was, does this guy know how to sing? This guy, this is like, <laughs> this is like pop punk I know. singing. Like, it just like, honestly, it just sounds so like he's typical. like, okay, let's sing. It's so nasally. I'm going to sing now. You know? I'm going to sing now. Here it goes. Where are you? You got to know when to hold them. <laughs> it's nasally. You got to know Where when are to you? hold them. <laughs> it's, Where are you? It's like so like 90s. Yeah pop punk like yeah. punk pop punk sound like yeah. i'm actually shocked that the wikipedia page said it was a tony hawk's crib episode and not just tony hawk pro skater yeah <laughs> does sound like it could be in the game for sure yeah if you threw a skank on this i think like it needs to be ska punk and then it would be in for sure oh yeah <laughs> and like so well this one was funny because the first time i listened to it i was like nope but as i listened to it more i was like you know what it's kind of all right that's been my that, over yeah. the last like we did like a lot of pop punk stuff for a while there yeah i feel like i've really lightened up on pop punk conceptually and like i'm way more into it now <laughs> so i already had that experience going into this so like i yeah i didn't have like revulsion or anything when i when i started i feel like i still get that initial like Ugh. Like, come on, buddy. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, it's like, learn absolutely. how to sing, you fucking moron. And then I listen to it a few times. I'm like, yeah, give it to him. Fuck it up, man. Go. <laughs> um, I really appreciate the thick bass on this that is not a root fifth country bass line. Yeah, they go they go pretty pop punk on here in terms of rhythm, for sure. Yeah, Get really those meaty. I think it's some, some finger picking. Like, and it just, like, it sounds nice after, like, listening to three songs of boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Yeah, and that they do a pretty good job of building it up too, even though they stay in like the pop punk vein. Like it starts with finger picking, and then, like you said, like the bass comes in, and then they start to do like, like the way they do the drums. And uh, yeah, they don't they don't even give it all away then, because then there's another level where they they kick it up again for the chorus. Yeah, right? during the yeah. chorus, it's a couple times. I got hyped for the chorus. Like I was like, oh damn, yeah. 
It yeah. shows, if not like a real respect for the song, a real respect for like intro, verse, chorus structure and how to like make it pop. Yeah, just definitely does a good does a good build and like there's some good stuff they do with like like a like a cymbal kind of drum roll mm-hmm. for a while that uh I I what I liked when I when I listened to it was there was the they like kind of do like a weird pause before the chorus like yeah. so it like picks up and then when the lyric comes in that says the night got deathly quiet Ooh. Um, yeah. It kind of it tones it down a little bit, and, and they go into that symbol. Yeah, role, they go into the symbol, and role. then it leads into that verse. Yeah, and I I really like that, or the chorus, not the verse. Yeah, <laughs> and then that's when like the distorted guitar comes in when they're in the chorus, and then it's like, oh yeah, this is punk. <laughs> you get those power chords. Yeah, because like the chorus is just like power chords on guitar heavy drums just running around and then yeah just him like screaming about knowing when to hold and fold them and then the they're like because they have a clean guitar i don't know if it's an acoustic guitar but it's definitely like there's a clean guitar and a distorted guitar so then like they do a little like solo on that clean guitar which sounds kind of weird because i it's like approaching punk but maybe it is like an uh, amplified acoustic guitar or something but it definitely has like kind of an odd sound like not bizarre but not super duper common like like they're doing punk things with with kind of country hardware almost i don't know if that's what happened but that's what it sounds like to me okay yeah i don't throw stuff out throw it out there alex i like it now it's in the world um and then they do another symbol roll for the like broke even death part yeah because everyone's got to like emphasize it somehow because that's kind of the important, like, that's the sudden, like, all these things happen, and then, like, oh, like, his soul rises into heaven or whatever. Like, that's yeah. the, you know? And then, like, the rest kind of, oof, song comes down. Would he be going into heaven? We I just hypothetically just guy's rises guy. out of his body. Sort of <laughs> the thing. fucking like, piece of this shit. Is, it's the, like, this is the eulogy. Like, the gambler, he broke even. Like, this is like he, He's commemorating getting purgatory at best. Well, it says, like, the words they use is broke even, which means he's, like, level even playing field so i feel like he's stuck yeah yeah okay purgatory sure <laughs> sure yeah so he's just in the waiting room and people are like god i really hope i get into heaven he's like hey man let me hit that whiskey i'll show you to get into heaven <laughs> brother can i bum a cigarette <laughs> and hey you got a nice lighter there no in this version he does not steal the lighter <laughs> I, right it's yeah. only johnny's <laughs> only johnny's version but yeah, this is like this would be fun to see live. Um, it's just like it's a fun version. It gets you up, it gives you a bunch of energy. Yeah, I feel like I'd be like really hype if I was like at a concert like, oh, and shit. then they started playing this. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Yeah, plus yeah. and they throw the solos in there too, which is definitely like gets that like that rock energy. Mm-hmm. That is I mean, the other ones just kinda like stick with the story. Whereas this one I mean it's punk, so like fuck it, let's do a solo. Yeah, and it's not just, like, phoned-in punk where it's, like, put to the top, like, the whole time. Like, they do have a sense of dynamics. They change up the composition and do different things with the instruments. So it's it's pretty pretty well done for, you know, being a pop punk cover. Yeah, I was kind of impressed. Like, I was listening around to these guys a little bit and their stuff. And, I mean, it's pretty, like, Green Day vein. So if you're not into that, they're not going to convince you otherwise. But it's pretty solid. 
Um, also, the very end of the song, like there's a drum roll that does not end. That's it right. It does lead into the next track, which is called Out of Sight, Out of Mind, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. Um, with that, we're going to leave this song out of sight and out of mind for a bit and jump into Mickey Modell in 2008. The first note I have on this was just, you know what my house mix was missing? The Gambler. <laughs> Like, I'm going to have a party, and I need to play the gambler. Also, yeah, this, this guy's on, Northern it takes like Irish. like a minute and a half. Oh, he's Northern Irish? Is yeah. that the bad Irish? Come on, Mickey. <laughs> it's like, it's honestly almost two minutes, because the first, lo- like, vocals that come in, like, are just repetition. Like, they're not right. actually yeah, starting the song. Right, yeah, it's just an echo song. vocal. You're right. Uh, I had, like, it felt like previews to the movie. It's like, okay, here's a preview, <laughs> and we're going to... Pull it back. And then it's like yeah. at minute two. It's like, okay, now you can have it. Here you could go. Here you go. It's, uh, yeah, this, like the general composition of this is essentially like the techno version of the country baseline. It's just like it's, super generic and like. And, and basically yeah, two notes. <laughs> there's not much to this one. Like, I'll admit I'm not the biggest fan of this kind of music, but like it just there's nothing interesting to like latch onto, and it takes so long to get into the actual gambler stuff. Yeah, and so long that I start doing fucking Gordon Lightfoot's "If You Could Read My Mind," but the Stars from Fifty Four <laughs> version. <laughs> if you could read my mind. Yeah, it, and it and the album like... art sucks. Sorry, I wanted to uh. say that real quick. <laughs> like, if you look, if you go to Mickey Modell, like all his art. Album artwork is just terrible. It looks like ter- like bad compilations, and maybe it is what? all bad compilations. You don't like clubbing with Elvis hits? And there's two, there's an Irish party anthems as well. It looks like they used um, the the word art tool from Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is, uh, this is, what is it? Is it just called word art? Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> Hold the fucking phone. Can you have both Irish party anthems and Scottish club anthems? I know, right? <laughs> I was I started listening to this and I was like, when does the bagpipes come in? I was like, oh wait, no shit. When does the violin come in? <laughs> I mean He's um, gonna start an uproar single handedly on yeah, his Irish club. I don't know what makes hits. this Irish other than that it was made by an Irish guy. Irish it's DJ, not really yeah. I don't think distinctly Irish in any way. You think it'd just be cranberries remixes, but apparently not. Although I will say this, about a minute in, there's this really paddy synth. Oh, I noticed this, Alex. I was going to ask you about it. How patty are we talking here, Alex? St. Patty? I think we might be. Goddamn. <laughs> Tell me more about the synth, Alex. Um, it, It's just, like, really, like, broad. It sounds like string pads, kind of. Like, okay, and nothing really about the song is that interesting. I was just no, trying to make a pun. Like It's boots and cats for, like, six minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And, and yeah, it's just like a lot of synth arpeggios and this is four thirteen. This is a what five minute track? Filter suites? Yeah, five twelve. This is the only female singer. That's true. That we will encounter today. Yeah, not the only female singer in history. Thankfully, that's my one note. Is there's a a breakdown point uh, around the three minute mark where like the a lot of the instruments leave, and that's where you can kind of tell that she's not that great a singer. 
At least in this context. <laughs> they also do a lot of like line repetition, which I where mean, they just like echo a line, which it's, yeah, yeah, it's a dance remix. It's a dance remix. Yeah. And like we've had these dance remixes where it's a bit repetitive and stuff, but usually they at least have the song in them. Like, you know, we uh, way back we talked about Get Lucky and they have the nine minute dance version. Right. But it yeah. has the song in it. And with this one, the song is in here for about two minutes of a yeah. five minute track. Yeah. Well, and like Get Lucky is like it's different. Like it's an electronic song. It's like and it yeah. it's m- basically a dance song already. Like, yeah. It's just kind of Yeah, much dance. easier to adapt, fair enough. The other weird thing about this one is I don't, the singing sounds really fast, almost sped up like a little bit, not enough to like change it. I think no, I think they like they they did speed it up it to pitch it up, up yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Could be. It's it's approaching hamster dance territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is arguably more country than this version of the song. Uh, I I would 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, th- this version was bad, and I hated it. Do we have anything else to say? <laughs> no. Um, I no, don't. Not really. Well, let's move on to a uh, well-known comedian and actor, uh, Brian Posen, in 2010. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fall Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never doubt your money when you say that. Yeah, I didn't... I didn't know this guy's name, but I recognize him. You see his face and you hear his voice. Oh, it's that dude. Oh, yeah, it's that dude. He does stuff. Like, I know. That strange, gross man. I I know (laughs) I've seen him on the Sarah Silverman program way back in the day. He was in Brutal Legend as well. He had a character in that. So, I guess, quick shout out to Dan Harmon, Rob Schraub, and Tim Schaefer. Hell yeah. Because they need shout-outs, because they're not already successful. They're not doing so <laughs> um, hot. It's, they need I, our help. To I get didn't ever there. watch Mr. Show, but but yeah, he was in that, that too. Well. So yeah, I always knew him as a, a comedian who happened to be in a video game themed around uh, heavy metal. But apparently, he does heavy metal stuff as well. Yeah, so naturally, I know him from Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. Where he plays that priest, I think. <laughs> yeah, do you? Do you? Do you actually recognize him there? No, I. I, I it's weird because, like, I know I know him longer than I've been aware of him. Right. Yeah. What my my first contact with Brian Posen was. Yeah, it's tough because it's like you know you've seen him before, and he's like probably like he's like a background actor or like just like a secondary guy. He's in yeah. And like yeah, I know like I'm pretty sure stuff. of like yeah I've I've seen him deliver jokes and stuff and like i was like oh yeah this guy's funny but i don't know where i pulled that from yeah um he's uh, most recently he's been in the mandalorian i didn't see see the Mandalorian. y'all are disney plusers i haven't seen it either but i figure you know for for our listeners at home we're big disney fans probably hi john (laughs) 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 um yeah so this is his it's kind of like when christopher lee does metal music except not as cool, okay. but like still right on. Do you know what it reminded me a lot of right when it opened up? Like the first thing I thought about was like the Lego Batman movie and how. Oh, when oh, he yeah. does his like song. When he does his song, that's what it reminded me of. Because it's all gravelly. It's just so so gravelly, he and like the, I think yeah, that's gravelly. just me not being exposed to that much metal music. But uh, yeah, that's what I thought of instantly. This is very much like my understanding of metal music is like this is very much like commercial. Like if your granddad was to understand what metal music is, he was point at this and be like, "That's metal music." 
right. I know that, and not necessarily other stuff. So it's very like accessible metal. This okay. You get you get your your chugging metal guitarism that dun 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 yeah, dun, dun, and, like dun. super distorted, super low, like dark dun, 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 chugging. Yeah, and uh, like uh, Greta heard this and she was like, "Oh, it must hurt to sing like that." I'm like. No, it's just what Brian Posen sounds like. <laughs> he does seem to be doing like a growl, but there is a way to but do it. it uh, the part that sounds like it hurts is his froggy ass voice, which is just oh, right, how he yeah. sounds. <laughs> it's just, it's just what he does, man. Um, so yeah, he comes in and he sings like that, and there's that like metal guitar. Actually, when it first opens, there's like a higher like distorted guitar that's just a little bit of. Yeah, that, and it there's just like a thousand of them. Like, yeah, it's not really shredding, but do, 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 do. but um, yeah, like it's yeah. it's the metal guitar intro. Like every other version has their little intro. And this this, one's is this metal, one, yeah. Um, and so yeah, basically it does like chugging guitar rhythm. It's mostly kick drum, and then as we start to pick up, everything kind of starts doing triplets. So the or at least double time. Like the the kick drum picks up and then instead of like dun 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 becomes dun 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 yeah it's triplets. Yeah and yeah it just like makes everything faster so like that's their kind of build. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing, the like, <laughs> they have the like chorus transition with and I'm where they bring in another singer so they've got two singers and they do this like you you got, got two. two. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and then no one to hold them, etc. And but so the chorus has a second singer on it, and I mean, you can tell like Brian Posen is not the most like skilled singer. Like he's having a good time, but this other guy comes in and is like a professional metal singer. I assume, um, is like almost like Leo style voice. Yeah. Uh reminded me of that. But anyway, so they kind of both sing the the chorus together and that brings mm-hmm. it up. Have you ever there's uh the voice actor for like Archer and Bob for Bob's burger, H. John Benjamin. Ah, uh, yes. A couple of years back, I think, he released an album of him playing piano his, with his a band album. of uh, pro- yeah, professional jazz musicians while he does <laughs> not know how to play piano at all. Oh my god. <laughs> So it's like kind of that vibe from this, except it's easier, I think, to fake some metal vocals. Like I don't think Brian Posen sounds like shit on this. He just he does what he can, oh, which yeah, is he a low grumble. Perfectly fine. Um, it's just not as practiced as a like professional metal vocalist. Yeah. But yeah, like like I said, it just sounds like he's having a good time, kind of. Like he's clearly a metal fan and doing a metal version of a song he likes. Yeah. And they yeah. they did keep with the general thing of having like a multiple singer chorus, which was cool. I wasn't expecting it when I first heard it. Yeah, like it's so, a... it's that like kind of like that still group vibe. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. It's got that. Yeah, he pulls on what other people have done. Like I think it's a successful metal cover, if maybe not the most interesting. Like it. Yeah, it makes it sound metal. Yeah, I mean, they do some like it it's like you said not like crazy out there but like they do a decent job of building up throughout all the verses and they start to like add more distortion on the guitar and the the drums well the drums picked up before but that's part of it yeah um and then they also have 
like their focus on the death part there's like a real quick like guitar shredding right before it and then they have the the like breaking even line with these like huge distorted heavy sustain chords just like just ringing out yeah and then the gambler breaks even and dies oh i also forgot to mention the sort of the chords that kind of start ringing out in the the lower end of the tracks like dun, 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 while the guitar and stuff are going i'm mm-hmm. not sure if it's like a synth or just another guitar i don't know um <laughs> and then he's of course um there is a line they say no one to walk away and then in the background you can hear this like motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> i never noticed that i actually did not notice that <laughs> it's at 246 it's just like no when to walk away motherfucker anyway comedy i mean the name of the album is fart and wiener jokes so yeah, and it is a comedy album. I didn't listen to the rest of it. Is it like... Is it all metal? Is it all metal? I don't know. The, or is it jokes? The album artwork looks like it's... Yeah, it's like stand-up. Yeah, so yeah, the last two tracks are, are actual music. But then, like, Obama, track 18, is not a song. No. Weird. Not even Wikipedia, track 17. Mm, yeah, so it's a com- it's from party? a comedy. Party about- like a rock star's yeah, got to be one. I was gonna say, that one sounds nope. like it's no, it's fun. not. It's really <laughs> clubbing slash plastic surgery. Good song name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, it's fun. Uh, the very last chorus like just goes totally bananas. It's just like all kick and shredding. Yeah. Um, this is actually a joke. I haven't clicked on the wrong thing. So yeah, they just like go totally all out for the last one. Mm-hmm. Good shit. And that's the fucking shit. Should we move into Busy Signal in 2011? I'm ready. All right. You got to know when to hold it. Know when to fold it. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. Busy Signal is a Jamaican dancehall reggae singer. Um, he's worked with, with such big names as No Doubt and Major Lazer. Uh, it's a nickname he earned, the name Busy Signal. He earned that for apparently just being busy all the time. For making the sound. Yeah, I, I, it sounds to me like he was either a phone sex operator or selling drugs, and people were always trying to call him. <laughs> Nonetheless, these days he sings reggae and also has like a fashion line and stuff. But in 2011, for an album called Reggae Goes Country, he decided to cover The Gambler, and that's what we're talking about today. That's what we're talking about. Uh, they do a decent, or he does a decent job of, like, bringing some country into it, though. Like, I, yeah, some, it, it tricks you at the start. It sounded very country, like, very reggae country. Yeah, but really, like, got that, like, piano, organ, playing that skank, like, holding that down, and the rest of it's, like, throw some violin in, throw some, like, slidey guitar I think there's slidey guitar. There's definitely yeah, violin. Yeah, I, th- I think his incorporation of the violin was very strong. Now, I think this song would have been really, really good if he didn't auto-tune it Oh, so he's so much. auto-tuned in this. auto-tune is horrendous. I know. I, like, <laughs> I was trying to like it because like, I really like the music side of it, but like the, mm. the auto-tune is just killing me. Yeah, cause like like even the bass line is is it like it's tight. It's got it like a bit of groove while, without being too complicated. The reggae rhythm is nice. It uh, d- yeah, like that 
auto-tune is unlike anything I've ever heard. Like, it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's clearly, like, intentionally, like, he wanted it to sound that way. It, I don't know if it was totally necessary, yeah. though. Like, he's getting assimilated by the Borg while yeah. he's singing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. But, uh, other than that, pretty solid, like, reggae country yeah. thing. Yeah. I did I did really really like the the harmonies or the chorus in this one. I think the most. And like if you ignore the autotune part about it, it sounds really good. Yeah, and that is easier to do with a backup singer chorus behind him. Yeah. And like he still holds the center focus, but they do a great like complimentary build. It's actually pretty similar to Kenny Rogers. But yeah, that auto tune is just <laughs> so distracting. I know, I know. But like, if you can, if you can drown it out, like, I really like the rest of the song. Yeah, yeah. Compared to the other ones, it stays a little lower. Like, it's a little more laid back, which I would expect from a reggae song. But that's mm-hmm. kind of that's uh, yeah. It's like I said, it's what I would expect. That's that's how the genre works. So yeah, I mean. I wish I had more to say about this, but, like, the rhythms and stuff he sets up are pretty consistent throughout. Mm-hmm. And, like like we've said, the instrumentation's solid. The vocals would be fine if not for that fucking auto-tune. <laughs> and it's, uh, I don't know if it's just a product of the era. He was like, we need to start using auto-tune to stay modern in 2011. Which I feel yeah. like he's a couple years late, but oh well. Like, <laughs> Skyrim just came out. We gotta fucking focus up. Skyrim. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but... Good God, it's just terrible. It's terrible auto-tune. Yeah. I wish I wish like I wish there was more to say, but like it Yeah, we like I think we nailed it right on the head with like it it has everything right, except for the auto-tune. Except for the auto-tune, and that is so critical to having this song like work fully that it's just it's upsetting to see it. Um, with that, I guess let's move into let's Steve Hoffmeyer. Steve in 2015. Hoffmeyer. South African singer, songwriter, TV presenter, and actor. He's like a weird white African nationalist. Yeah, as far as I can tell, he's... Well, according to Wikipedia, he's possibly an apartheid denier. Yeah, so he has been uh, called a disgrace to South Africa. Yes, in October of 2014, Hoffmeyer wrote and published a tweet stating that he believed that black South Africans were, quote, the architects of apartheid on his public Twitter account. So he also has a cover of If You Could Read My Mind, but it's called If You Could Read My Mind Love. <laughs> but it's called If You Could Read My Mind, you'd know that black South Africans. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So um he also sang the former South African national anthem once and encouraged white people, white South Africans to sing along because he believed it contained no hate speech. Yeah, now, listen, so I like, haven't listened to the South African National Anthem, but I imagine if it's no longer in use, it's probably because it was some colonial bullshit. Yeah, it's the colonial era, pre-like, like apartheid era. Yeah, uh, national and, anthem. And then one time he threatened to include. I like. I don't even understand the logic of this. He threatened to include a racial slur in a song. He did, but he took it out or something. Didn't it he? said threatened on the Wikipedia page, okay. but then he he didn't do it because he's like my black friends wouldn't like it. Oh right. my god! Yeah. yeah, that was so shitty. 
Um, so with that, my first so question, that. Will, on, on yeah. in terms of modern country, where does this sit on the good-bad chart? Oh, okay. So here's here's my opinion on it. Um, I appreciated like what he was trying to do, but he what he did was he took the gambler and sucked all the life out of it and then put a little bit of country on top. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> it's like the I like I like the music kind of, but then it's like it's just really boring country. So mm. it it is definitely on the low end of my liking of it. Yeah, I think I by and large agree with that. Like it's it's like he's not technically doing anything wrong, at least with the the instruments and singing. Like it's not out of key or anything. But, but it's not out of key because I think it's pretty um I think they had to fix things in post. To me it sounds like they probably did a lot of work on this audio track. I mean that wouldn't surprise me, but uh Yeah, it does it feel like very processed. Anyway. So yeah, I didn't like it. I thought it was it's, just boring. Yeah, it's it's not boring, and it like the like Johnny Cash pulled in a better version, and his version's fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was in yeah. the seventies. So I I don't know what he need would need to change to make it like more exciting. Um, but like the the base of country songs was there, but it just feels. It's just killing me, man. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, I can't. This one was a real bummer to end on. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think in terms of what you need to do to make this right is less processing and more like, like real grit behind it. Give us, give us the actual 2015 take on the gambler where he is this piece of shit who steals your whiskey lighter <laughs> and smokes. <laughs> yeah. I want to, I want to write a version where he just like mugs the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, so I figured I'd take this guy's advice anyway. And now I'm naked and broken. <laughs> and I think I died. And But listen, I got a good secret for you if you want to lend me some whiskey. Lend it to me. I'll pay you back when I <laughs> Yeah, let's, me, let's write a song from the gambler's perspective. <laughs> so I saw this fucking idiot on the train. I was like, there's an easy mark. <laughs> I can get his swallow of whiskey. <laughs> One swallow, please. <laughs> It looks like you got about eight ounces in that whiskey thing. You think I can bum a little? Oh, sure. <laughs> this is one swallow. <laughs> w- watch me end this man's whole whiskey. <laughs> With that, we're going to jump into our final verdict. We have three categories today. The worst version, the best version, and uh, you know the version most likely to be sang by a proficient gambler. So which of these artists do you most believe to be good at gambling? okay all right all right with that uh we're gonna go with the worst version will you are a guest you're gonna go first what is the worst version of this song and why okay i'm kind of torn um and that's because there's a couple that uh like have really bad aspects about them Mm -hmm. um but i like i honestly my least favorite was the steve hoffmeyer version and that that is that is considering how bad the, the Mickey Modell one was. Yeah, because <laughs> like bad. The, Look at the, the club, the club anthem. I was like, oh my god, like I can't. But it was still fun. Like it was still a fun song. And oh it, yeah, like, like 
it didn't make it didn't leave me feeling so like oh my god please turn this off like obviously i'd like to skip it or but if it was there i'd listen to it like this steve hoffmeyer one i just i couldn't make it through so that is like when you're listening to mickey modell it's like either at a party or at the club whatever weird fucking club you're at yeah and in there you can kind of tune it out and it just plays in the back and there it's fine but, like, Steve Hoffmeyer is up front, and he's like, hey, I fucking suck. <laughs> Here's this awful country version. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that that is that is my vote for the worst. That's a good, a vote. good choice. Alex, good what do you vote. got for me? Oh, it's, yeah, Steve Hoffmeyer by far. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I agree. Mickey Modell was, like, a odd, but I can almost, like, I can't conceptualize it all, hardly as a cover of the song because it's just so much a different thing. That they kind of put it, it into. So I. But yeah, it's like it's like you said, it's fine. It's not offensive, but the Steve Hoffmeyer one is just bad. Just bad. Yeah, like yeah, like the Mickey Modell is like the dance equivalent of elevator music. Yeah. Where if you, if you listen close enough, you're like, oh yeah, that is that song I know like, and love. Did they put the the gambler lyrics in this? Don't care. Yeah, yeah, neat. And then you know you get on the call, with fucking Telus or whoever, and you go on with your life. But. With this, with Steve Hoffmeyer, and not only is it just shitty, like overprocessed music, but he's also a piece of shit. So like, yeah. it's... <laughs> that does not help. Oh, we get like, to judge he... them as a person too. Yeah, yeah like, yeah. like even if he wasn't a piece of shit, this is still not good music. <laughs> but adding those two factors together, I was like, get the like, fuck out of here, Steve who, Hoffmeyer. Who gave this guy studio time? He probably has yeah. Who money. gave this guy a mic? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, absolute worst version. It's unanimous. Steve Hoffmeyer, stop writing music. Start giving all your money to black people, because holy fuck, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) With that, best versions. Will, what's the best version of this? Oh, man. I, like, it's so hard not to say Kenny Rogers. It, like... You're technically entitled to it as a cover, so it's it's on the board. I I know it's on the board. Um, So, I'm going to say Kenny Rogers. I, I'm gonna give a second though, so Hell yeah. I think like after listening to it a bunch, I really started to enjoy the Happy Campers cover, <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny to me because I really didn't like it at first. But the the more I hear it, I'm like, yeah, like honestly, this is kind of like for the genre of what it is, and um, for a cover, like I think they did a good job of covering it and like changing the the genre a little bit. Yeah, fuck yeah, Alex. What are your thoughts? Yeah, my favorite was for sure the Happy Campers one. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not a super country guy anyway. I I don't understand how, but I like bluegrass better. Like, okay, that's they're weird. Different, right? Yeah, it is um, weird, Alex. So, but I don't know. Um, and and but it's a good song, you know. But then what I appreciated about this playlist was compared to some, we've done some songs that don't have much variation and the first three made it seem like maybe that's what was happening for this one as well uh a, a landslide situation but right. uh but no no then we got some some fun different ones and also mickey modell which was a different one for sure um and you know the, the metal version so i appreciated that but i think i have to go with the pop punk version <laughs> So we're gonna be unanimous twice here, people, because obviously Ke- Kenny Rogers is the the best version. But people coming to this podcast don't need to discover Kenny Rogers' version of the Gambler. They know that. That's why they were here. That's why they're listening to this. So, like in terms of covers that were unknown, 
like possibly unknown, maybe some happy campers fans are rolling up to the podcast. Like happy campers pulled out a good pop punk version. Like it's, it's good. It's interesting. It's not just like, listen, we're going to play the gambler, but loud and fast. It's, we're going to put in a bit of different levels. We're going to, you know, we're going to rely on the drums to do these interesting dynamic things while we just punch out power chords. And then we're going to switch to a clean guitar for the verses. Like it's, it's good because it tries, even if the vocals trick you into thinking they're not trying. Here's the secret, buddy. They are trying. That's the secret of pop punk is pretending you're not trying, but actually trying. And that's what happy campers are doing. And that's why they're the best, the, the, the burst version. That's why they're the best version. Um, with that, let's that's move it. into the best gambler. Will, <laughs> who is it and why? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I think I have, there's two, there's two people that I'm going to propose. The first one, Johnny Cash. And the reason being is because I feel like he could just talk you out of whatever cards you had. Like, I feel like he could convince you of anything, reg- like, regardless of what was going on the table. Or you'd just be, like, so mesmerized about, like, the story he's telling during the card game that you just would not be able to play poker at all. <laughs> so I feel like i lose a lot of money. And then the, my second one is Steve Hoffmeyer, because he had to convince someone to let him record. <laughs> like, he's got to be very convincing. <laughs> and, like, he's gotten away with a lot of shit, right? So I feel like... He's, he's accustomed to telling lies. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I feel like he's got to have a good poker face or something. And yeah, and in the sense of the gambler in this song, the most likely to bum whiskey and a smoke off of you. <laughs> yeah, the most likely to be a garbage human, Steve Hoffman. <laughs> Perfect. Alex, what are your thoughts? Um, I, re- I feel like I always see Brian Posen come up like, is that how you say his last name? Whatever. We're going to say uh, Yeah, Posen, Posen. Posen in the membrane. Posen in the brain! He's always like coming up in places, so I feel like he's got to know a lot of people, and he probably like... Spends time with people and has, like, played some poker. I don't know why I think that, but I get that impression. Like, (laughs) he seems like the most likely to be, like, kind of unassuming, but also good at poker to me. I I follow that. I follow your strange logic. I feel that vibe, Alex. See, like, like, he does this. He's done music. He's been in video games. He does acting. He does comedy. You know. I'm sure yeah. these people play poker in all those fields. <laughs> he's out there and he's getting wins. He's like the working man's gambler. He doesn't get yeah. big wins. No, but he gets but like, fucking wins. He, yeah. So these are both of you provide some great answers here. <laughs> I am. I, I am now. Now I'm trying to fumble my way through one. I think like the one. I think the worst gambler is probably Busy Signal. I feel like he makes a lot of big bets, and then <laughs> and then it's a real hit or miss. He landed these instrumentals and he fucking, but he placed way too much money on auto tune vocals. He's like, this is going to hit. And it did not hit. Did not hit at all, Disney Signal. So, worst gambler, but the best gambler? Fuck me. It's got to be, you know what? It's got to be Mickey Modell. He knows the safe hits. He's like, here's what the people, he's like, he knows when people are listening, when they're not listening. He's like, listen. Just throw on the boots and cats, and then while well, they're all just grooving because they're waiting for something to hit, just throw in the gambler, and they're the gonna gambler. lose their fucking mind. Who cares? Put it in for two minutes, throw it out. They don't fucking care. This is Ireland, apparently. This, this is fucking <laughs> Ireland. Also, I have a song called "Dancing in the Dark," but not Bruce Springsteen's "Dancing in the Dark." I really thought it was gonna be. Yeah, that's his best known song. Is yeah, "Dancing in the Dark." This man is making bets that pull off in ways I don't understand. So he's got to be the best gambler. <laughs> 
He's like four dimension, like fourth dimensional. Yeah, he's better. playing forty chess while we're still playing checkers. Damn. Oof. So those are our final verdicts. If you agree with us, disagree with us, or want to talk about a cover version we didn't talk about, maybe Don Schlitz version. I don't know. Maybe. Then hit us up on Twitter hashtag CoverMePod at Jake the Cresty at some Alex Wise Guy. Um, be sure to rate and review us. We're on Stitcher, Spotify, fucking Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends about us. We don't have an advertising budget. It's quarantine times. You should be, you know, telling your friends about fun podcasts so you can listen to them together and then talk about how much you hate the show or whatever. I don't care. Just listen to us. Um, be sure to check out Will Gill's uh, company, Bowhead Corp, on Instagram and Facebook. Mostly Instagram because that's where all the good shit is. Um, and buy a bike from them. You don't need it now, but once the quarantine times are over, you don't want to walk anywhere. Your leg is going to be weak from not from <laughs> staying in your fucking yeah, house. Muscle atrophy. <laughs> exactly. We've got you covered. We've got you covered, baby. Check them out. With that, we're going to jump into our bonus segment. I'm talking about quarantine times, uh, you know, it's a lot of time spent indoors with people recently. A lot of times with people you know indoors. Oftentimes, we listen to music by ourselves. My question is, what's a song or artist you listen to that you would be embarrassed to have other people find you listening to? <laughs> oh, yikes. Oh. I'm going to have to... Oh, I wish I had my I iPod. Can, I can vamp for some time here for you. Yeah, if you need please to. do. So, for myself, this this happened recently because Spotify called me out on it in the, in the year-end wrap-up. Where apparently my most listened to song of 2019 was Girl All the Bad Guys Want by Bowling for Soup. <laughs> a pop punk act from the early 2000s. Um, I used to have that album on CD. I believe I gave that CD to Kaylin Lee. But yeah, I was, I was jammed to that. And having that come up as number one, I have never been more ashamed in my life. Along with that, any sort of like pop artists from like '90s to like early 2000s, particularly like female vocalists, especially if it's sappy, I'm like, oh god, I can't have people hear me listening to this because it just feels like, I don't, it just it just brings out my adolescent me where I'm like, I need to listen right. to tough yeah. music. Like you can't, I, people can't know that I listen to this, but like, it's but like, it's yeah, something it's I'm trying there. to work on, and I think with Spotify, it it's a good avenue to to work on it because people can see what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely look at what other people are listening to. So sometimes we're like, oh, I'm going to listen to some Taylor Swift now. People are going to see me, but it's okay, Alex. It's okay. It's okay. Just let it happen. You want I'll You let, want this. I'll let you know, Alex, it is okay, and I have seen you listening to Taylor Swift. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Um, but other than that, I feel like there are definitely times where I try to, like, because I think people can see me, I'm like, no, nah, maybe I won't listen to that. <laughs> but I can't think of I can't think of any specific examples. Because now yeah. it won't come up in what I listened to because I didn't listen to it. That's right. Um, um, yeah, for, for me, I like I do remember. Like so, I had I used to have an iPod in my car, and it just sat in my car. It recently like exploded. The battery like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> swelled up and like Shit. yeah it didn't actually explode. Like the battery just started to swell. Right, and it was I, getting there. I got, yeah, I got rid of it before anything happened. But I remember, like, being in the car, and when people were in, there was, like, certain songs I would skip, like, uh, like, Miranda Lambert, because it's, like, I'm driving, like, a sports car, and I'm listening to this, like, pop country girl (laughs) singing about, like, 
a breakup or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like something yeah. emotional. Yeah. And it's like twangy and you're like, fuck. <laughs> and like, like I like her as an artist and like I really like her music. It's just like I feel like I would be judged. And like I've gotten way better as I've gotten older about like not caring about what people think. Yeah. And like I feel like you and Alex honestly like really <laughs> helped me along with that because you guys would judge me so much for what I listened to when we were oh, yeah. like when we were younger. Well, we were pretty Ugh. shitty, so <laughs> yeah, we were god awful teenagers. <laughs> You're just like, Will, you listen to stuff other than classic rock? Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here with that shit. Um but yeah, so I just I don't know. Um those I, I think I agree with like your general statement there though, Jake. Like if it's emotional or if it's like a like a female artist like you're more likely to not uh want to share yeah because it just like challenges my masculinity and i'm like you're yeah. an emotional human being you're allowed to be that way but then yeah you know it's, it's still like ingrained yeah you're just like oh, fuck but also this is a jam but also i can't let people know i'm jamming to this oh <laughs> I, was, I was listening to like selena gomez one of her newer songs the other day and i like like insta skipped when nicole walked in the room <laughs> like, yeah. what? my girlfriend can't know i listen to this <laughs> jacking off in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's our bonus segment um if you guys want to hit us up with your own embarrassing jams uh hashtag don't listen to me listening to this <laughs> and that's the episode uh, i've already told you where to find us and everything um i hope you guys are all doing well in this these very strange times we live in and as we always say on cover me you gotta know when to hold them know when to fold them know when to cover them know when to cover me